Hello everyone and welcome to this edition of Deeper. And on Sunday we started a new sermon series that we've called Faithful and Fruitful. And in this series we're going to think about the different stages of life, the different circumstances we might face throughout life and work out how can we be both faithful but also fruitful in the midst of them. And uh, on Sunday, I simply talked about those two words, faithful and fruitful, and thought about what they actually meant for us and what the scriptures say about them. And uh, I asked the question, is it possible, even in the most difficult of circumstances, to, to go through those circumstances, to be in the midst of them and be totally faithful to Christ? And as he calls us to in our reading today, to bear much fruit, even in the midst of difficult circumstance. I believe it is. And I said on Sunday that, you know, we have the whole resources of heaven at our disposal. We have the word of God. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the grace of our Heavenly Father at work within us. All of these things mean that we should be able to face every circumstance, every difficult situation, every hardship, and in the midst of them, thrive and flourish and grow as Christians. And so today I want to go a little bit deeper on the, the passage that we looked at very briefly on Sunday. Uh, and that passage is John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17. And I think it'd be great if you could read that passage now. It's full of stuff. And even in this um, video, we're not going to touch on all of it. We're just going to pick out certain bits. So do please press pause and read that passage now. It's John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17. Great. It's a fantastic passage, isn't it? And it's a passage that's full of imagery and full of truth, uh, full of inspiration. Um, let's just go through it very quickly, and then we'll start to think about the implications of this passage. Uh, so we'll go deeper first, then further, and then uh, sorry, wider, and then further, as we normally do. So let's start off with the beginning of this passage. Jesus says, I am the true vine. It's the last of the great I am uh, phrases that Jesus uses in John's, uh, John's gospel. And he says, I am the true vine. Putting that word true in implies something, that there are other vines. Uh, and certainly in the Old Testament, uh, that imagery of the vine is used of a number of different things, particularly the nation of Israel, which is often described as a vine. Nearly all, in fact, possibly all of those uh, situations where Israel is described as a vine, it is because they have proved to be unfruitful in the, the way they've lived their lives. It's always about the, the kind of the withering up of the vine, how it's not being what it could be. And so Jesus comes along and says, Look at me. Don't look at the nation. Look at me. I am the true vine. I am the one that you can come to and know that there'll always be fruit. And alongside that, he says, my father is the gardener. And uh, the Greek word used there can mean a couple of things. It could actually just mean farmer. And quite often in uh, the area where Jesus was at that time, mostly what they would do with vines is simply till the soil and then leave the vine. It would only be later uh, when they would try and do some other things, which I'll talk about in a minute. And so the father has tilled the soil. He's provided the right environment for, 
for the vine, Jesus, to grow. And Jesus came at just the right time, in just the right place, at just the right point in history to bring about our salvation. And so he then goes on to say, he cut off every branch that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. There's a couple of things there that we just need to, to be aware of. First of all, uh, the, the implied judgment on those who don't bear fruit. He cuts off every branch that does not bear fruit. And later on, he talks about, so you'll have read uh, in verse 6, how those branches are simply thrown away. See, this is not something that is simply a, a kind of optional extra for us that we in some way bear fruit. This is a, an integral part of our life in Christ, that we should be people who bear fruit. And I said on Sunday that bearing fruit can cover a number of different things, but I focused mainly on, well, three really. The first is that our character is becoming more and more like Christ. We are displaying the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, self-control. That these things are lived out and growing in us. That is part of what it means to be fruitful. That our character changes. The second aspect is to see other people coming to Christ. One of the, the, the things that fruit is intended for isn't simply for our eating. It is for the propagation, the multiplication of a plant. The fruit carries the seed within it. And so our aim should be that whatever has been planted in us by Christ is also planted in others who at this stage do not know him. So the second thing is that we should be evangelizing. We should be sharing our faith and seeing people come to faith because of our ministry. That is part of being fruitful. The third part is about doing good deeds. And I talked about this on Sunday a little bit more extensively. That in Titus, Paul talks about how unfruitfulness is not doing the good deeds that we should be doing. We are called to do good deeds. Whenever we change a life because of the good things that we have done, that is something that will last for all eternity. It will. That's part of the fruit of loving God and loving others. And so we are called to bear fruit and to not do those things, to not grow in our character, to not share our faith and to bring other people to Jesus, to not do good, is an integral part of our Christian faith. And when we're not doing those things, we are being unfruitful and we'll face judgment. But then he talks about pruning. None of us want to hear this, but do we? This is the kind of the thing that we, uh, we will all struggle with. The, the danger with all vines is that they would um, simply keep on growing and become very woody and leggy. And the whole point of the, the vine that's been planted kind of domestically is that it bears fruit. Uh, and the, the, the more leggy it gets, the more straggly it gets, the less likely it will bear good fruit. It will bear kind of withered fruit or reduced amounts of fruit. And so someone who would be tending the vine would at some point start to cut off all the branches that are unfruitful. So that all the nutrients that the plant is bringing up out of the soil will go only to the fruit and enable them to flourish and to grow and become uh, you know, much more 
uh, enticing and good looking and more enjoyable. So that's part of the whole pruning process, that the plants will be pruned to enable the fruit to develop better. And anything that was not bearing fruit would simply be cut off because it is unnecessary. It's using energy that should have been used in producing fruit. And so that's why it was pruned. And then in verse 4, we have a kind of key to all this passage. Jesus says, remain in me. Remain in me. And I talked on Sunday about how that is about all sorts of things. And mainly it's about, it, it, it's about staying close to Jesus. Because if you remain in Christ, you're always with him. And he is always in us. And so we need to just see that in terms of our relationship to Jesus. Remaining in Christ is about intimacy with Christ. It's about closeness. In fact, that word remain in some Bible translations is abide. Live in me. It's the key to all of this, to, to both faithfulness and fruitfulness. Remaining in Christ is key to all. And uh, then we get on to verse 6, where we see again that relationship between unfruitfulness and judgment. Uh, and then after that, we, we see a couple of things in verses 7 and 8, uh, which I'm intrigued by. Uh, so verse 7 relates our faithfulness to God, our remaining in him, to answers to prayer. If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish. And it will be done for you. Part of our, our fruit should be answered prayer. And I think you know, we need to kind of understand the relationship here. That praying isn't simply about praying for those things that we need and want and hope for. It's about seeing myself for you as you pray for yourself becoming more like Christ. It's about praying for those others to come to know Jesus, the Lord and Saviour. It's about praying for the things that you can do for others, the good deeds that you can do that will help change lives. And so there's a relationship here between faithfulness, fruitfulness and answered prayer. And if you're not getting answers to prayer, Maybe you need to take a step back and just ask yourself, how faithful am I? How, how is my life actually bearing fruit? Because if not, maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm not getting the answers to prayer that I would hope for. Then verse 8, he says this, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. See, we don't have a choice here, do we? If we are a disciple of Christ, then we will be bearing fruit. If we choose not to be the kind of people who are growing in our character, who are leading people to Jesus, who are doing good deeds, if we are no, not those kind of people, we are not showing ourselves to be the disciples of Jesus. That's a huge statement, isn't it? It's massive. And then there's a shift in our reading. And uh, Jesus goes on to, to talk about love and the relationship between love and faithfulness and fruitfulness. And so he goes on with uh, how faithfulness really here is, is about loving God, but also remaining in his love. Faithfulness to God 
is understanding that he will always love you and receiving that love. Not sim- it's not, this is not a one-way thing. You know, when we talk about faithfulness, I said on Sunday, you know, if, we, if you put a Google search in for an image on faithfulness, you'll see lots of pictures of dogs because they're all dogs. They're always faithful. They are always there. They, they are unconditionally love their owner. But this is a two-way thing. To remain in his love isn't simply about us loving him. It's about us understanding, grasping hold of his love for us. See, to doubt his love for you is in some way to be unfaithful. It's a lack of faithfulness. We have to be full of faith in believing that he loves us and staying in that place. And the more we stay that place where we are close to God, where we understand his love for us, where we are in him, then the more likely it is that we will be fruitful. And isn't it interesting in verse 10, how Jesus then relates remaining in the love of God to keeping the commands. See, this isn't just about a touchy-feely thing. This is real life. This is about the day-to-day living of our faith. If you truly want to receive the love of God and show your love for God, then you will keep the commands of God. And that's not simply the Ten Commands. That, that is about looking at the whole Scripture and seeking to fulfil the Scripture in your life. And then we have a, in here, we have two verses that, again, just coming back to prayer again, verse 16, that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Twice he mentions it. Twice. That's important then, isn't it? If he's talking about fruitfulness and then he's talking about answers to prayer and it comes up twice in exactly the same way, then we need to listen to that. And that might be something that you'll just want to reflect on, either on your own or in your groups. And in the middle of that, when Jesus is talking about love and the command to love and then fruitfulness, in the midst of that, in the middle of it, there's these incredible verses. Greater love has no one in this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. Greater love has no one in this than to lay one's life, lay down one's life for one's friends. There's two things going on there, isn't it? There is the obvious allusion to Jesus laying down his life for us, his friends. We're no longer his servants, we're his friends. We've made that transition We're no longer simply employed by the family to do the work of the family. We are part of the family. But then there's a second part of this. Because he's talking to his disciples, he's talking to us. And he's saying, you can have no greater love than this than to lay down your life for others. And there's just a a little thing here in, in the Greek that I just want to draw your attention to. That... Where it says to lay down one's life for one's friends, to lay down is the same Greek word as in verse 16, where it says, I chose you and appointed you. There's the same Greek word there. See, there's something about 
where Jesus says, I chose you and appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. There is something there about us laying down our lives in order to bear fruit. And that's not necessarily, I'm talking about death here. I'm not simply saying that you should give up your life. I'm talking about here that we should see the bearing of fruit as even more important than our own lives. That whole th focus on our character becoming like Jesus, seeing people come to faith and doing good deeds. That should be the ultimate goal of our life, where our life is centered on. This should be the thing that we focus on because we are laying down our lives for Jesus. And this is what he chooses to call us into. He appointed us to this. He chose us for this. I love this, that verse 16. You know, you did not choose me. I chose you. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Let's look a bit uh, wider now. What does all this mean for us? So we're just going to have a little reflection on that right now. So there's a number of things here I want to, to just go a little bit wider on. Firstly, just, just reflect for a moment on what it means to remain in Christ. That whole idea of it's both remaining in his love and receiving love, but also alongside that, that we are being obedient to him. That's what it means to love him, is to be obedient to him. Those two things go side by side. It is in some way both touchy-feely and experiential, but it is also practical and lived out. And nearly all of us have a tendency to go for one or the other. Uh, what's your tendency? Jesus doesn't give us the option of just simply going with our tendency. He calls us to both. I know some people who who seem to receive the love of God in, in a very experiential and very um, almost physical way. It's something that they live in. They can feel the love of God. But they don't always live that out. And then there are others who truly live out their life every single day for Jesus. And yet would say, I never feel like God loves me. And those two things both need to come hand to hand, go hand in hand they need to come together we also need to see here i think the, the relationship between faithfulness and fruitfulness you cannot be fruitful if you are not being faithful our fruitfulness comes out of being rooted in christ and rooted in his love and that needs to be again the two hand in hand Again, you see people who, who love to do good deeds but aren't always faithful to Christ. I know some people who are uh, great at sharing their faith but don't always live the life that God has called them to. So we need to be both faithful and fruitful and the two go hand in hand, but you cannot be fruitful. I'm not getting all these mixed up. You cannot be fruitful unless you're faithful first. The two, one comes out of the other. And it's understanding how we can be rooted in Christ and receiving all the nourishment that we need in order to see fruit in our lives. We also need to accept, don't we, the, the need for pruning. What does that actually mean? 
I think there's a number of things that we all need to recognize that need to be pruned in our life. Uh, it might be that there are certain behaviors or character tendencies that are simply unchristlike and they need to be cut off, they need to be pruned, they need to be uh, removed from us. It might be that there are things that we are doing that are unfruitful and they need to be cut off. There are some people who they just love to, to run around doing lots and lots of things uh, and yet so little of it is fruitful. The whole point of pruning is that you're able to put your focus and your energy and your time into those things that are actually bearing fruit. And that's why I, uh, I said on Sunday um, that fruitfulness does not mean busyness. And fruitfulness doesn't even necessarily mean productivity. It's different to that. It may include those things. Busyness isn't necessarily wrong. But to be fruitful is more than that. Fruitful is about allowing the energy, the power, the love of God to flow through us in such a way that we bear something of the fruit of God in our life through shaping of our character, seeing people come to Jesus or doing good deeds that God has appointed for us. It's all of these things. And sometimes we have to stop doing some things in order to give our time to those things that will bear fruit in our life. We all live busy lives. I mean, even in lockdown, we can still have busy lives. How much of what you do is actually bearing fruit? If there's not much, you need to remove some things so you can start focusing on those things that will bear fruit. There's a lot more I could say on that, but uh, time is short, so I'm not going to. We also need to understand that, as we see in this passage, the power of love should be our motivation. We've talked about this a few weeks ago, uh, that, that love should be our motivator for fruitfulness. That we, the fact that we love other people and we love God should mean that we want to become more like Christ. We want to see people come to Jesus and we want to do good deeds. And we see that evidenced here in this passage, how Jesus connects uh, remaining in Christ following the commands, being fruitful and loving God and loving others. All of those things are deeply connected. And so we need to make sure that love is our constant motivation. And the final thing I just want to draw our attention to is a kind of outworking is the relationship between fruitfulness and prayer. Our fruitfulness should first of all be rooted in prayer. You know, we cannot be fruitful if we are not praying people. But also this, I don't know, I'm intrigued by this passage. I've, I've not really seen this connection before, so I'm still trying to work it out. But there is something here, I think, that in some way that prayer is part of our fruitfulness. That as we intercede for others and see lives change through our prayer, not simply through our actions, that is part of the fruitfulness of our lives. So I just want to give you some questions to, to go further with this, to think it through a little bit more so that uh, either on your own or in your mission communities, uh, you can kind of discuss these things. And all the questions that we share uh, are usually a bit more personal than the, the biblical ones because there's something powerful, isn't there, about just sharing something of your life with others. So let's for a moment go a bit further with this.
So I want to give you uh, five questions today. Uh, first question is this, where are you with Jesus right now? We're called to remain in Christ. Now, are you actually in Christ? Are you outside of Christ or are you somewhere in between? Why not give yourself a mark out of five? Five being, yeah, I am right in the center there with Jesus. He is the center of all things for me. I am right there in Christ. Number one is, mm, I couldn't get much further away from him. Where are you right now? Mark yourself out of five. And why? Why are you in that place? Why not share that with some people? Allow them to pray for you because our desire should be, yeah, I want to get right to the center of where Jesus is. Second question is this, where is the fruit in your life? Where are the things that you are seeing? Either your, your character is becoming more like Jesus, you are seeing people come to faith, or you are doing good deeds for Jesus. Where's the fruit? Or has your life become so self-absorbed that you're not seeing any of those things? So where's the fruit in your life? And as you reflect on that, the third question is this, what are the things that need to be pruned right now? Is it part of your character? Is it that your life is so busy that you can't really give time to those things that are proving fruitful? What needs to be pruned? Fourth question is this. I want you to read verse 13. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friend. Read that verse. And just ask yourself, what's the challenge here for me? Who would I lay down my life for? Would I be prepared to for anyone? What's the challenge there for you? And then final question. Towards the end, Jesus refers to us as his friends, that we're no longer his servants. This is a personal question for you to reflect on and to hopefully share with others. Do you feel more like Jesus' servant, or do you know that you're his friend? Why not just reflect on that with others? Thank you for being with us in this deeper, and it's been a pleasure to just share with you. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you that we are your friends. Whether we sometimes feel like it or not, we are your friends. And because of that, you call us to be faithful to you, to remain close to you, to abide in you. And you call us to live lives that are fruitful. Help us, Lord, to do that. Help us to live lives that show that we are your disciples. And I pray for all my friends watching this now, that your Holy Spirit will be at work in them, teaching them, guiding them, helping them to see where they can be fruitful in their lives. In Jesus' name. So do please join us next week and we'll carry on with our series on Faithful and Fruitful. And in the rest of the series, we're going to focus on some Bible characters and some of the issues they face and see what we could learn out of that. So do please join us next week.